3CR would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nations, true owners, caretakers and custodians of the land from which we broadcast. 3CR pays respect to elders past, present of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their unceded sovereignty. This is 3CR Breakfast. Alternative news, analysis and current affairs. Monday to Friday, 7am to 8.30am. Good morning, you're listening to 3CR Thursday Breakfast, 8.55am. It's just me, Em, here in the studio this morning on the 18th of April, um, coming up on the Easter long weekend. So today we have... Actually, quite a great show. I have quite a great show. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So first thing, we're going to be chatting with Jenny Smith, who is CEO of the Council of Homeless Persons, around some uh, analysis of data that the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare released recently, um, showing some of the barriers that young people face to accessing um, appropriate housing, which is particularly... Uh, you know, something that we want to talk about because yesterday, in case you didn't know, was Youth Homelessness Matters Day 2019. So we're chatting with Jenny at, in about 10 minutes. And then at 7.30, we're going to talk with Andy Farrell about some of the amazing new uh, queer Indigenous Studies units that Macquarie University is starting to teach um, this year, which is an Australian first. Then at 7.45, we're really lucky to have Alara Briggs-Patterson join us in the studio. Um, Alara is an incredible Yoda Yoda musician, composer and climate justice activist. And we're going to be chatting with her about her upcoming documentary, Beautiful Sunshine, which is screening at Acme next week. And then later on in the show, I'm really hoping that we're able, going to be able to get a line through to Farhad Bandesh, who is a Kurdish artist and refugee, cruelly and unjustly imprisoned on Manus Island by the Australian government for almost six years. And he has an incredible music video and song and some other artwork that's launching at Black Dot Gallery um, on the 28th. And so hopefully it's called The Big Exhale, and hopefully we're going to be able to chat with him and also his collaborator, Janelle Quincy, um, about, you know, sort of the process behind that work um, and about his creative practice generally. But first up this morning, to ease into things, we might listen to Baby Let's Fly from Sophie Grophy. Thing. Our energy, so understanding, our 
Melbourne's newest film festival is about to hit the screens. Now put this in your diary, the 26th to the 29th of April. The inaugural Biraranga Film Festival will showcase Indigenous films from across the globe. An incredible selection of feature films, shorts packages, conversations and even virtual reality. Now head to www.biraranga.world. That's B-I-R-R-A-R-A-N-G-G-A.world and book your tickets. See you at ACME for the most exciting and global Indigenous Film Festival right here in Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. We Need to Pay the Rent is a fundraiser for warriors of the Aboriginal resistance featuring the Pretty Littles, Worst Nurse, Ute Root, No Sister, Face Face and a heap more. Come join us on Kulin Nation land to give back. It's well overdue. We need to pay the rent. Saturday, May the 18th at the Tote from 4pm. Tickets $20. Available from the Tote website, thetotehotel.com. Free or discounted tickets for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Contact organisers online to arrange. A 3CR supporter. My name is Ian Ham, and I'm the chair of the Healing Foundation's Stolen Generations Reference Group. At three weeks of age, I was separated from my birth family. And even though they lived just 50 kilometres away, I never knew they existed. I never met my mum, and it pains me to this day. There are thousands of Aboriginal people just like me, and our stories have never been heard. These stories form the basis of Australia's first Stolen Generations resource kit for schools. To download the kit, go to healingfoundation.org.au. A 3CR supporter. The federal election is on Saturday the 18th of May. If you are serving a full-time sentence of less than three years, you are eligible to vote. You can enrol or update your details on the Australian Electoral Commission's website at www.aec.gov.au. You will also need to apply for a postal vote. You can do this online or by contacting the Australian Electoral Commission via telephone on 132326. Hard copy forms will also be available in most prisons. Please ask staff for assistance. The Australian Electoral Commission is a 3CR supporter. Help 3CR support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our song line and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care and also others The recognition were. of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. You're on 3CR Thursday breakfast, 8.55am. It's just on 10 past 7 and before we were listening to Baby Let's Fly from Sophie Grophy. So yesterday, the 17th of April, was Youth Homelessness Matters Day 2019. This morning, Jenny Smith, CEO of the Council to Homeless Persons, joins us to discuss the barriers facing young people who are homeless or at risk of homelessness and the urgent need for more appropriate housing for young people. Good morning, Jenny. 
Good morning, Em. Good morning, listeners. And um, apologies at the start. I've got a little bit of a lurgy, so if I cough, um, oh, you won't be surprised. <laughs> good. To begin, Jenny, would you just be able to tell us um, what is Homeless Youth Homelessness Matters Day? Well, every year we have a day uh, called Youth Homelessness Matters Day and um, it's organised nationally by the National Youth Coalition for Housing or NICH to shine a light on the issue of youth homelessness. And uh, if you think about it, it is an absolutely shocking thing in our community that uh, young people account for around a fifth of those who are experiencing homelessness or at risk of homelessness and that, you know, Australia-wide that means that more than 58,000 young people um, aged between 15 and 24 are coming to our services looking for help each year. And recently the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare um, released a new analysis of some data regarding um, homelessness experienced by young people. Would you be able to share with us some of the insights that that data reveals? Yeah, so the AIHW um, has a look at the data of people coming to our homelessness services each year and found that um, even when our services have done their darndest and used their expertise to try and assist these young people to achieve a home, that uh, in Victoria more than 3,500 young people and nearly 11,000 young people nationally are still without a home at the end of that support period. So I think that gives you a sense of how difficult it is when you're a young person uh, to access the housing market when you have to, when you when you uh, can't go home. Um, and of course, uh, the inadequacy of Centrelink payments for young people, the youth allowance and related payments, uh, in many ways is at the heart of that because uh, even people uh, with um, full-time jobs are finding it very difficult to compete in our rental market uh, and young people on our lowest incomes, and they are the very lowest incomes in our community, uh, really have no hope. And, yeah, you touched on the, the gross inadequacy of um, Centrelink payments for young people like youth allowance. What are some of the other um, particular barriers or specific experiences um, that young folk experiencing homelessness or risk of homelessness face? Well, um, given that um, our governments right across the country haven't invested in social social housing in recent generations, then we're really um, thinking about young people um, without a mum and dad bank to go to uh, and without uh, some of the supports that many of us take for granted with, you know, friends and family that can loan us funding, uh, presenting to the private rental market and saying, um, please choose me over other young people um, where uh, parents and uh, friends and family are able to go guarantors for bonds uh, and have um, significant incomes. It's a very, very uh, difficult uh, scenario. I mean, I, I don't think young people generally uh, are regarded as the top competitors when people are looking for uh, uh, to make choices about to whom they rent their properties. And Jenny, can we talk a bit now about family drive, family violence as one of the key drivers of homelessness for, for young people and for so many people? Yeah, I think um, 
the biggest driver for young people experiencing homelessness is family breakdown and that means that young people uh, are unable to go home and sometimes it's the young people themselves that uh, contribute to that situation but mostly it's that um, there is rejection or violence at home and young people are no longer welcome at home. Family violence um, is the biggest driver of homelessness in our community. Uh, it is the biggest driver of family breakdown and while I think as a community we welcome families um, and victims of family violence, predominantly women and children, young people, um, feeling confident to say this is a situation and we need to leave. Um, but financially, it's a very uh, difficult situation. Um, it's In a way, it's a um, fast track into poverty for so many because um, the cost of actually getting hold of independent living, that the cost of moving and setting up house again um, can leave people in poverty or uh, at risk of or even experiencing homelessness. And we know that there are so many barriers to victim survivors accessing um, appropriate homelessness services. And I guess, um, can we maybe also talk about how, you know, there's no singular experience of, of young people um, who are trying to access homelessness services. So it's not necessarily just that young people are um, presenting by themselves, but also that they could be with, um, you know, with their mothers, with family, um, and yeah. often particularly, you know, for potentially, say, single women with young kids, um, yeah. there are so many reasons or excuses why women will get turned away um, from these services when they have, you know, kids with them. One of the things we saw um, with the first term of our current um, Victorian government was the identification of family violence as the issue um, that government was going to focus on in terms of human service reform. And there has been um, a tremendous amount of work flowing from the Royal Commission into family violence and there was um, terrific and significant and effective investment in housing support services um, for people, women and children, young people escaping family violence that came out of that uh, Royal Commission. Um, and that has really meant that um, many uh, vulnerable women and children and young people have been able to access housing um, that they haven't been able to in the past. Um, but it's really important that we maintain that effort and that money uh, continues to flow and there is certainly some of that funding like um, the private rental assistance program that is vulnerable um, in the next state budget and we're a bit nervous that it's not necessarily going to be refunded when it's been absolutely vital uh, to getting safe housing outcomes for vulnerable women, young people and children um, in a context where the private housing market is, the private rental market is um, so brutal and um, there's very little movement and very little growth in social housing. And Jenny, following on from my previous question, um, can we also talk about how the the housing system um, very much discriminates against certain groups of young people more than others? And so, you know, whether that's the way that um, discrimination against uh, folks, whether young or not, without employment, also intersects with discrimination yeah. on the basis of, you know, race, sexuality, gender, yeah. 
can we talk about that a bit more? Yeah, well, I think um, we're certainly aware that our Aboriginal population uh, is more likely to experience homelessness than any other group in our community, and we have very small numbers of Aboriginal people, you know, in the overall population uh, in Victoria. But, for example, you know, while the prevalence might be half a percent, um, uh, I'm sorry, 4% in uh, Victoria, well, sorry, half a percent in the population, then um, we have a much higher percentage of people experiencing homelessness, around 4%, and then uh, 9% of Aboriginal, of the people presenting to our services are Aboriginal. I think we know um, that LGBTIQ plus uh, young people are more likely to experience homelessness. There's been very limited research uh, done on that, but the research that has been done uh, indicates a much higher prevalence of rejection from the family home and um, experience of homelessness. And I think we have been doing... Um, some work in these types of areas, but we've got a hell of a lot more to do. Absolutely. And on that note, what needs to change? What um, solutions are young people themselves calling for? Yes, so um, the theme of Youth Homelessness Matters Day this year was where's the plan? And a big question mark on the back of the t-shirts that, that went with the campaign for the day and I think that's the situation people ask me are we getting anywhere with homelessness and uh, my answer is uh, there is no plan to get anywhere with homelessness we don't have any national plan uh, we haven't had now for nearly a decade uh, a plan to tackle homelessness or any plan to tackle affordable housing and that's something uh, that we would hope to see after the federal election um, uh, the Labor Party has announced an investment in affordable housing um, which will need um, an additional subsidy to become social housing that people on the lowest incomes can afford but it's certainly an announcement of a significant investment uh, but we need we need a plan, we need a plan to make sure that Every Australian, every Victorian, uh, regardless of their income, um, is able to achieve a safe home. Uh, and we do not have that plan, much less a plan to tackle the homelessness that necessarily flows from that, um, that uh, failure to make sure that everybody can have a home. And how can listeners find out more about the campaigns that CHP is involved in? Yeah, so um, people will find a lot of information um, at our website. Um, it'd be great if people would follow us on um, social media um, at chpvic on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, forward and I'm oh, sorry, and on Facebook, Facebook it's um, forward slash count for the homeless. Uh, but perhaps most importantly, we have a national campaign that we're involved in at the moment. Um, with a range of partners around the country called Everybody's Home. And that's um, a campaign to highlight the need for every participant in the federal election and uh, whoever wins a federal election to make sure that they provide uh, a stream of social and affordable housing immediately 
to start on this big journey back to making sure that um, every Australian uh, can have a home and it's easy to sign up to everybody's home campaign. Wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Jenny. Uh, thank you very much, Emma, and listeners. That was Jenny Smith, CEO of the Council to Homeless Persons, talking about the Youth Homelessness Matters Day 2019 that was yesterday. Yeah, I spent three and a half years living on the street and I know what it's like to have no hope and not to feel part of the society and I think that's where a lot of these people are. But I think we need to help people who are traumatised and help people get back on their feet and give them hope and help them um, feel like they're a part of the society again instead of just moving them on like they're an inconvenience. If it were not for ruminations, how would the views of those of us who have been homeless or are homeless, how would these views ever be aired? How would they ever be expressed? Subscribe to the station that gives airtime to people with a lived experience of homelessness. Support 3CR. We appreciate like you mob and all the people coming to visit us and doing stuff like this, you know, it's very good. It keeps a positive mindset in our mind, you know, and we really appreciate it. Because of where we can, yeah. I wanna be a better, better man, yeah. Because of where we can Beyond the Bars is three CR's annual prison project, giving voice to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates across Victoria. You can listen to audio from this year and previous years online anytime. How do you rehabilitate someone? They just put you in a cell and tell you this is how long you're going to do and it's meant to rehabilitate you, you know. Rehabilitation starts when you get out. That's when your life begins again, doesn't it? In here, your life's on hold. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. Or if you'd like us to post you a free CD, contact the station on 03 9419 When I first come to this day, I was about 10 years ago and I was a young one. A whole heap of young ones come off the truck there the other day and they call me Auntie Marlene. So it helped me recognise and realise that I pulled myself up like he are. They're starting to look up to me, so I've got to represent and do the right thing now. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. Like an ancestor, you'll know way back when. I think 3CR is the voice of the people speaking back to the establishment and telling them what they think and sometimes it's something they don't want to hear. Rumination. 3CR's Rooming House and Homeless Persons Issues Program featuring information on health and housing services as well as live local guests, artists and performers from our unsung community. Join us at 12pm on Thursday on 3CR 855 AM. In December 2017, Tanya Day, 
proud Yorta Yorta woman and much-loved member of the Aboriginal community, was travelling by train to Melbourne. When V-Line staff found her asleep, they called Castlemaine Police and she was removed from the train and charged with public drunkenness. Tanya died 17 days later as a result of head injuries sustained while in custody. This would never have happened had the recommendations of the 2001 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody been implemented. Tanya Day's family is calling for the crime of public drunkenness to be abolished and for the implementation of genuine community health alternatives to incarceration. Please add your support by signing the petition at 3CR Reception, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, or online by entering Tanya Day Petition into your browser. Hey, Melbourne's newest film festival is about to hit the screens. Now put this in your diary, the 26th to the 29th of April. The inaugural Biraranga Film Festival will showcase Indigenous films from across the globe. An incredible selection of feature films, shorts packages, conversations and even virtual reality. Now head to www.biraranga.world That's B-I-R-R-A-R-A-N-G-G-A.world and book your tickets. See you at ACME for the most exciting and global Indigenous Film Festival right here in Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. If it's 
You're on 3CR, Thursday breakfast, 8.55am. It is 7.30 on the 18th of April, and that was Wave by Kayla Truth, um, produced by Negra Beats. And up next, we're going to be chatting with Andy Farrell about um, the incredible new queer Indigenous studies units um, that they're running at Macquarie University. Um, Andy is a Wadi Wadi person, a lecturer in Indigenous Studies at Macquarie University and a PhD student working on Indigenous LGBTIQ community online. Good morning. Good morning, Andy. Hello. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. No problem. To kick off, I was wondering, can you just give us a bit of an overview of these new subjects um, in queer, in queer indig- Indigenous studies that Macquarie Uni is starting to do? Sure. So starting in starting next year in 2020, um, session one, we begin with um, ABST 1030, which is the Introduction to Indigenous Queer Studies. And then in the second session, we offer ABST 2035, which is a second-year global Indigenous queer studies uh, subject. And then in the following year, so quite a bit in the future, we're offering a new subject as well called Indigenous Queer Theory and Practice. It's so exciting. I was on Twitter the other day and I just saw um, a post by Ronald Carlson that um, these subjects were starting up and I had no idea that there was anything like this in Australia yet. Like I'd seen some subjects like this over, you know, taught by universities over on Turtle Island. Um, how how did it come about that you folks are teaching these subjects? Yeah, so definitely this is an Australian first um, it's also an international first in terms of um, a kind of Australian focus. Um, but it started uh, with a, a symposium that um, myself and Bronwyn Carlson um, did in February 2005 with the Forum of Indigenous Studies Research. Um, we did a symposium called Culture Queer, Queer and Culture. And it included speakers such as myself, Dr. Coyley Driscoll, um, who is Cherokee from the US, Maddie Clark, who is Bunjalung, um, Dr. Sa- uh, Dr. Sandy O'Sullivan, who is Wiradjuri, um, and Dr. Tafanga Nopera um, from New Zealand, and Dr. Alex Wilson from Canada, who is Cree. And it was emceed by Daniel Browning from ABC The Way, and this was a really interesting and engaging um day full of kind of differing um, perspectives on, and experiences of queerness. Um, and I think that really did set the tone for um, myself and particularly Bronwyn Carson to um, build on the scholarship of queer Indigenous peoples um, in Australia. And I think that also has come out of, you know, being linked in with these speakers um, particularly Chloe Lee, who's contributed greatly in editing critical texts such as Queer Indigenous Studies, amongst other um, Indigenous scholars in the US. So that kind of opportunity to be involved with Indigenous Two-Spirit and Queer Studies in such a way has really kind of set the tone for these new subjects. Mm. Yeah. And... I mean, obviously, I'm not sure where you're at with developing the curriculum, but 
what types of things are you going to be covering, um, particularly, say, in this first-year subject, or what's your approach to it? Yeah, so our development is to try to engage in as many kind of aspects of the community as we possibly can. Um, So it will draw on my own personal work, which is through digital media and community, um, but also through, um, say, a topic on intersex, which we have um, a speaker um, who is Indigenous, um, working in that area. So we're trying to really encapsulate the entire, the entire community, but obviously we have our limitations in who we can speak for. So that's going to be an interesting process for us. Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned before, um, that symposium that you're a part of, um, where there was both, you know, Chloe Driscoll who has edited, um, you know, the collection Queer Indigenous Studies, um, and also Maddie Clark, who's got a piece in um, the book Colouring the Rainbow, Black, Queer and Trans Perspectives, which is edited by Dino Hodge. You know, so there is this also incredible body of work that you're building on or drawing from, um, I can imagine. Can you sort of talk about how um, these subjects tap into, um, you know, what's already going on um, in this space around Australia and also around the world? Yeah, I think that for... Several decades now, we've had a sort of steady stream of work that centres around Indigenous LGBTIQ uh, identities. And what we're trying to do is really showcase those and platform those kinds of literatures. And I think it's, you know, beginning to emerge, um, the kind of literature has begun to emerge, particularly around the early 90s. 1990s um, onwards, and I think it's quite largely contemporary, but it's also a lot of people uh, looking backwards as well and and kind of asking questions about our history and, and our concerns and our understanding and experience. And I think that, you know, as this knowledge arises, how can we value that and how can we platform that? So that's another kind of, you know, main reason why these subjects have come about um, is is to really emphasise and value this scholarly work and this knowledge. And Andy, maybe just shifting to your work for a moment, um, can you tell us a bit about your own research and practice um, as regards uh, Indigenous LGBTIQ online communities? Sure. Um, Well, I've noticed um, particularly over kind of several years that um, Indigenous people, particularly um, minorities within Indigenous groups um, across the LGBTIQ um, spectrums, have often utilised social media platforms um, to form communities, connections and and network with other um, queer Indigenous people. And I think that these platforms are centralised in such a way that they form an important basis in how we understand what community looks like to us. Um, So I've really just kind of followed community in that sense, in that um, I wanted to trace um, where and when we are 
creating these moments and ideas and connections. Um, so that's how my own personal work has come about. And I'm quite passionate, actually, about, you know, a lot of these kind of online platforms, which I participate every day in as a younger Indigenous person. And I'm not exactly sure how to phrase this, but I guess I wanted to ask sort of why, why is it important both for these, um, you know, these incredible subjects that are focusing on you know, queer Indigenous experience to be taught at universities, but also how is that, you know, I guess something around like the limitations of the university institution as well. You know how this is also always, as you're sort of talking about, um, tied in and bedded down in community already. You know, it's not housed exclusively within the sort of um, the the tower of university. Yeah, well, it, it's very much, you know, a part of the rationale is that we, you know, give primacy to Indigenous LGBTIQ voices, knowledge and concerns in the academic space. And that's based kind of around, um, you know, the way that Indigenous gender and sexual diversities have been incorporated and not incorporated into university course content across Australia. So I've kind of noticed that, um, that the very few kind of Australian universities that have a really um, interesting gender and sexuality um, course list um, they do incorporate Indigenous content on gender and sexuality in their courses. Um, however, that content is typically still um, either cisgendered and heterosexual combination of the both of the both. And I've also noticed that you know many universities um, that take on um, topics of Indigenous peoples and gender and sexuality often frame those perspectives within a broader um, kind of narrative that relates to either empire, colonisation and nation-building um, or either do not really engage with uh, beyond the kind of cisgendered and heterosexual worldview to deeply engage with LGBTIQ people. And I think that, you know, there is um, a part of me that also wants to... Um, assert something uh, or will centralise Indigenous LGBTIQ identities to, you know, speak about the ways that our bodies and our desires, our gender and sexualities have much more to offer um, than a conquered body and mind, um, and that we have agency to our identities, which are enriched by our unique positions as culturally gender and sexually diverse, existing prior to settler colonial influence during as well as beyond it. Um, so I think that there is a lot of opportunity to recenter that and and bring about some more dynamic, um, in-depth and much more critical um, understandings of diversity within our community here in Australia. And in that way, it kind of reflects and um, helps us to define um, what it means to be Aboriginal and Australian and Torres Strait Islander. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's important for the um, university to see. Mm. And um, what, who, which students will actually be able to take part in these subjects? Yeah, so all students um, 
enrolled at Macquarie University um, are able to take particularly the first year subject. And as they roll out, um, students have the opportunity to um, engage with these as electives. Um, so these are all currently electives, um, which are freely um, chosen by students, mm -hmm. as well as these units being offered as electives um, where students can access them online. Um, so we are including these uh, units um, in Open Universities Australia for external students. Um, so quite a range of people can access this space. Um, I've tried to make this as accessible as possible um, for people coming from different circumstances. That's awesome to hear that um, they're part of the Open Universities Australia um, sort of model, because I was about to ask, you know, we're sitting down here on Wurundjeri Country in Melbourne, and I was like, so sad, <laughs> you know, you're up in at Macquarie Uni, like how can folks down here actually find out more or, um, you know, get involved without having to necessarily move to Sydney? Um, but that's really yeah. amazing that people around Australia will be able to actually take part um, in this curriculum. Yes, and I very much welcome online participation. I think there's, you know, regardless of, you know, being within kind of the physical um, the physical lectures and um, tutorials, we can very much engage in the same way online and, and get as much out of it in the online space. Um, so there's great potential there um, and, uh, for engagement with students. And Andy, we do have to wrap up now, but how can listeners find out more about these Australian First Queer Indigenous subjects and also about your incredible work as well? Sure. Um, you can contact um, Macquarie's Indigenous Studies Unit. You could also access that online. So a quick Google search, um, you will find uh, my contact as well as Professor Bronwyn Carson, um, who is our head of department there. Um, you could also follow us on Twitter at Indigenous uh, sorry, Indig Studies MQ, um, which is the handle. Uh, you could also follow the Forum for Indigenous Studies Research Excellence, which is called FIRE. Um, that is particularly around maybe events that are coming up at Macquarie University, and those events often do incorporate and include um, Aboriginal queer events. Amazing. Thank you so much, Andy, for joining us this morning. No problem. Thank you for having me. That was Andy Farrell from Macquarie University um, joining us to talk about the new Australian, uh, the new Queer Indigenous Studies units that um, Macquarie Uni is rolling out very soon. We Need to Pay the Rent is a fundraiser for Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance featuring the Pretty Littles, Worst Nurse, Ute Root, No Sister, Face Face and a heap more. Come join us on Kulin Nation land to give back. It's well overdue. We need to pay the rent. Saturday, May the 18th at the Tote from 4pm. Tickets $20. Available from the Tote website, thetotehotel.com. Free or discounted tickets for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Contact organisers online to arrange. A 3CR supporter. I'm Black Betty, and you can join me for Black Noise Radio each Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 
Join me each week as I serve you up a deadly fine offering of all things black as we explore Black Australia and everything fabulous it has on the offer. We'll check out and see what's making black news locally and from right around Australia. And we'll explore all things Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander and the deadly solid culture and people with a look at community news, views, music, culture and the arts. Hope you can join me for Black Noise Radio featuring black news, views, current affairs, music, culture and the arts from an Aboriginal woman's perspective. That's me, Black Betty. I'll see you Thursdays at 2. This is 3CR Thursday Breakfast, 8.55am. It's 7.48 and up next we're going to listen to Waller is Life by Alara. Walla falls from sky, rain beginning of life, like our kinship ties, in Mother Earth's eyes, river banks flow wide, fingerlings swim wild, making Mother Moon smile, hasn't rained in a while. Walla is blood, Walla gives flood, Walla is life, gotta get law right. Limitless undercurrent, pushing, pulling, pumping, gliding, sliding, mulling, trickles from the nipples of sacred springs, it's an animal thing.
after the rain, the river flows after the rain, the river flows after the rain, the river flows. You're listening to 3CR Thursday Breakfast, 8.55am. That was Waller is Life by Lara Briggs-Patterson, who we now have the great fortune to be joined in the studio by. Um, good morning, Alara. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. Um, so, to kick off, can you just maybe introduce yourself for us? Yeah. Um, so, my name's Alara Briggs-Patterson, um, but... A bright and early morning, I'd like to acknowledge that we're on the lands of the Kulin Nation and acknowledge Wurundjeri people um, and country and also the Bunurong who were both close and and heavy users of this country and knew it inside out and still do in a lot of ways. Um, Pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging and also pay my respects to my own Ancestors and elders and country, the Yorta Yorta people and country. Um, yeah, I'm a Yorta Yorta woman and I'm super excited to be here so early in the morning. So early. Thanks for <laughs> inviting me in at 7.30. <laughs> Thank you for making the trek in. Because um, we just listened to a really incredible track of yours. For folks who haven't um, had the chance to come actually watch you play. Can you give us a bit of an overview of how you came to be making this incredible music? Sometimes I almost think it's like almost soundscapes or like there's just so much going on. Yeah, well, um, when I was in uni, I studied at Box Hill Institute, a Bachelor of uh, Music Performance. We did a class, I don't know, it was like technology or something, and I got my hands on a loop pedal and I sort of started to... Um, have a play around with it and then I just didn't really do anything else and then I just kept playing in bands for the next, I don't know, 10 years and then um, when I realised that I have something really important to say um, I, I felt like just playing bass wasn't enough and so I decided I wanted to, to do some solo stuff and I thought, oh, how how can I do that and then I was reflecting on on using the loop pedal and the kind of thing I was doing at uni. And so I just I developed that up more so that I could do some of this spoken word or whatever you want to call it, um, so that I could have a voice and tell the stories um, that I, I think are important and need to be told, need to be shared. And so, yeah, this, this track, While There Is Life, was the first track I've released and I've I'm still only <laughs> three, three compositions deep in my in when I perform, um, so I've still got a lot of work to do, um, and have a lot of things in my mind that are like bursting to come out of me. But um, yeah, Weller is life. I think at this point in time, is an extremely important track because the messages behind it are. Of course, that that water is life, and with with fracking on the horizon in the NT, um, from threats from companies like Origin Energy, who claim themselves as a clean energy company, um, and with the the Barker, so the Darling River, and 
um, even the Murray River, the Dungala, we're, like, we're in a climate catastrophe and the government, sorry, in the site, mm-hmm. in the government's eyes, they, they think that there's just like endless supply. They think it, we're treating nature and all of its resources, which gives us life, like it's, it's a commodification, like, it, and it's, it's disgusting, like everybody should get, um, it's a human right to have clean drinking water. Mm. And that's what they're taking away from people. Absolutely. And on that note, you've done heaps of work with seed. Um, can you talk a bit about this week being, if I'm going to get this right, Seed Youth Action? Seed Indigenous Youth Climate Network. Yeah. Yeah. So seed is like the deadliest mop. <laughs> like I, I just get so excited and happy every time I get to um, talk about them or do anything with them. Um, so it's it's a national network of young Indigenous, so um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across the country from about 14, 15, 16 to 35. Um, and this week is the National Week of Action for Water is Life. Um, you might have seen on social media that the, the Wangan and Jungalingu people as well have, have been drilling <laughs> the grass at Parliament to show what it would feel like well not like you can ever compare it <laughs> drilling the grass at parliament to having your homelands um, messed up but but they're fighting for their water mm. rights as well the Wangan and Jungalingu family council um but yeah the work of seed and and the threat of origin energy to frack the NT so the Wangan and Jungalingu that that's the Carmichael mine the Adani mine and then NT fracking would cause a lot more carbon emissions and devast- like so many more carbon emissions than the Adani mine. Um, and yet, because it's like all the way over in the NT, people are, are late to come to the fight. But it's it's equally, if not worse, than the emissions from the Adani mine and and the amount of impact it would have on the communities and their water it would have people moved off country so another mass um, removal of people off their country from um, remote communities Mm -hmm. from their homelands to big cities like Mm -hmm. well small cities like Darwin and Alice Springs and that's not Mm -hmm. what those people want like I'm, I'm really good friends with a lot of those young seed mob and they're working there um they're working their mums off trying to protect their country and, and they're doing surveys in really remote communities and the communities are saying, no, they don't want fracking mm-hmm. and and what they need is for every single person to get behind them and stand in solidarity and, and help protect their country. And so there's ways that you can do that, like following Seedmob on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, donating all of your money. Well, not all of it, but... <laughs> Some of it. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> um, and, and showing up to, to rallies and fundraisers and, you know, supporting in whatever way you can support. So it's different for everybody. Um, for me, uh, uh, like I am a seed mob. I'm a seed volunteer mm. and I've been involved for the past three, four years. Um, and, and at this point in time, I hope to raise the awareness and get people on board to supporting the issue through my music. And so I hope that is having an impact. Um, I, c- I can hope and I can talk about it and 
I can go to the rallies. You, you might see me soon outside the Origin office. We're doing Frack Off Fridays. So Origin can frack off. <laughs> we're letting their staff know. We're letting their customers know mm. that they are not the clean energy brand that they make themselves out mm. to be. And uh, and people are, are surprised. They they actually they didn't know about this. Mm. Um, and Origin are making out that fracking is safe. So there's some sick sick stuff going on there. When are those actions starting? They've already started. They've yeah. So yeah, you right. can you can join Seed Mob um, any Friday morning. I think between seven thirty and nine. Um, out the front of their office in Melbourne or whatever city you're in mm. and, yeah, tell them to frack off. And, you know, you talked a bit about music as one platform for sharing stories, but you're also a documentary maker um, and you've got an incredible documentary um, that's going to be playing for Birangara Film Festival at Acme um, in a week or so. Can you tell us a bit about this doco? Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about it. Um However, to I don't want to disappoint, but we're only going to be showing a few clips, so we won't be premiering yet. Um, but the clips are very uh, interesting, and uh, I've, I've shown a couple of people, and they're really excited. But the the film at Biranga, um, my my film Beautiful Sunshine, is about my story connecting with my grandfather, who I didn't have a lot to do with growing up, and it's about um, understanding my cultural identity and. And where I stand in the world as a Yorta Yorta person mm. um, and what contemporary cultural practice means. And first and foremost, it, it means protecting country. It means taking care of the country that we're living on and, and also around us and making sure that it's, it's looked after for the next, next generation. Mm. Um, for um, in Yorta Yorta, I say, Dorma Nini Yelka, which is for my dear child. Mm. And this documentary has been in the works for quite some time. I remember coming up to you, I think, six months ago or something after a show um, and saying, hey, I've heard you're making a doco. Can we chat sometime? <laughs> so it's really cool to finally be here yeah. um, and that it's finally going to be playing. Um, we are we soon going to have to wrap up, unfortunately, but what has been, yeah, this, this journey that has got you to the point of making this doco and choosing to to share this story in this other, you know, in this other form. Can you maybe just share a little bit about that sort of, that process or journey along the way? Yeah, 100%. Um, well, well, growing up, like, always knew that I was proud, like, proud Yorta Yorta. Um, my mum's an author. Shout out, mum, Sue Briggs. Um, and so had always grown up reading picture storybooks about Kamaganja, where our people are from, and... And you know, making damper and and possums on the roof and all sorts of things, but I didn't really knew what that meant as an adult Aboriginal person. I was like, where do I stand? What what am I doing? And, and people, um, a lot of the time, having assumed knowledge of of culture, and I was like, uh, uh, uh I don't know, like what? Um, I grew up in in Bendigo, Jardarun country, like it's a city, um, and so the process of deciding to make the film and then and then making it was a real journey of self-discovery and and cultural um cultural discovery and what what I wanted to do was share that journey because that's something that uh, people are always really curious about they're always asking me oh this and that and um and whatnot and I hadn't seen anything um reflected back like I was looking out, you know, what 
what is this? Like, what? I was just like, what? <laughs> Why is this story? Like, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Like, I know that I'm not the only one. And so I was having these different conversations with other young mob and they were, they were saying, yeah, you know, we, we feel the same. Like, you know, there's all this pressure and there's all this um, assumed knowledge and, and you know, maybe lots of, lots of young mob as well haven't had the opportunities to, to know their uh, Aboriginal families or Torres Strait Islander families. And so I thought, well, I'm going to make this film. I'm going to share this journey. Um, and, and I hope that that gives the younger generation and, and also older, older ones who haven't had the connection to connect to their people because the strength in the love and the strength in the culture um, is, is what's really keeping me alive. We could talk all morning, and I really, really want to, um, but maybe just to wrap up. Um, how can we find out more about your incredible work and also about the yeah your, your doco that's screening at Birangara? Best way is I, I'm a very active Facebook user, so my musician Facebook is um, just my name, Alara, A-L-L-A-R-A, or my Instagram handle, which is Alara Briggs Patterson. A few more spelling errors probably in there for you. <laughs> just search the Facebook. <laughs> um, and definitely get onto Biranga's um, program because there are so many films and they are going to be incredible. Mm. I'm, I think I'm on on the Sunday afternoon, so there's tickets still available. Yeah. Jump on that because I don't think they'll be available for much longer. I know mm. it's been selling pretty quick. Yeah, and just for listeners who aren't aware, the festival's running for two days, I think on the 27th, 28th um, of April at Acme. But do, yeah, absolutely, as Lara was saying, jump online, check it out. Yeah. Um, and what about how can we find out more about Seed? Seed Mob, um, the, the handle, I think, is at SeedMob or just Google search Seed Indigenous Youth Climate Network or um, hashtag SeedMob. And um, shout out Leonardo as well. Leonardo DiCaprio shared our post from when we were um, sitting in the middle of Parliament House protesting for water as well. So if, if Leo, if you're listening, thank you for doing that. My God, I don't think I've ever heard anyone do a shout out to Leonardo DiCaprio on 3CR Breakfast. I love it. On that note, <laughs> shout out to you, Alara. Thank you so much for joining us Thank this morning. We would love to have you back in sometime. Yeah, I'm keen. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, join me at 11 every Friday. Put some black and deadly sound. Appreciate community radio 855 on the AM dial. Put on the people's appeal. Yeah, join me at 11 every Friday. Put some black and deadly sound. Appreciate community radio 855 on the AM dial. Put on the people's appeal. Hey, Melbourne's newest film festival is about to hit the screens. Now put this in your diary. The 26th. 
to the 29th of April. The inaugural Biraranga Film Festival will showcase Indigenous films from across the globe. An incredible selection of feature films, shorts packages, conversations and even virtual reality. Now head to www.biraranga.world. That's B-I-R-R-A-R-A-N-G-G-A.world and book your tickets. See you at ACME for the most exciting and global Indigenous Film Festival right here in Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. We Need to Pay the Rent is a fundraiser for warriors of the Aboriginal resistance featuring the Pretty Littles, Worst Nurse, Ute Root, No Sister, Face Face and a heap more. Come join us on Kulin Nation land to give back. It's well overdue. We need to pay the rent. Saturday, May the 18th at the Tote from 4pm. Tickets $20. Available from the Tote website, thetotehotel.com. Free or discounted tickets for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Contact organisers online to arrange. A 3CR supporter. My name is Ian Ham, and I'm the chair of the Healing Foundation's Stolen Generations Reference Group. At three weeks of age, I was separated from my birth family. And even though they lived just 50 kilometres away, I never knew they existed. I never met my mum, and it pains me to this day. There are thousands of Aboriginal people just like me, and our stories have never been heard. These stories form the basis of Australia's first Stolen Generations resource kit for schools. To download the kit, go to healingfoundation.org.au. A 3CR supporter. The federal election is on Saturday the 18th of May. If you are serving a full-time sentence of less than three years, you are eligible to vote. You can enrol or update your details on the Australian Electoral Commission's website at www.aec.gov.au. You will also need to apply for a postal vote. You can do this online or by contacting the Australian Electoral Commission via telephone on 132326. Hard copy forms will also be available in most prisons. Please ask staff for assistance. The Australian Electoral Commission is a 3CR supporter. From every corner of the land, womankind arise! Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs. Erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights because the right to have a say over our country is our life. Women on the Line. Tune in on Mondays at 8.30am and Wednesdays at 6am on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. And streaming live at 3cr.org.au. My name is Ruby Susan Mouth. My pronouns are they. You're listening to 3CR Radical Radio, and that was Binde with Stella, Rosie, and Claudia on. Hello, I'm Liz Wright. Welcome to Are You Looking at Me and International Day for People with Disability. Today on the show, we meet Trish Maloney and Frank Corventi, who are some of the elders. Did you miss our 12 hour special broadcast for International Day of People with a Disability? 
Radical Disabled programmers discuss the NDIS, Aboriginal rights, creativity, youth access, financial security, parenting, LGBTIQ, intersections and so much more. Head to 3cr.org.au forward slash Disability Day 2018 and listen back anytime. Marxism 2019 is Australia's biggest socialist conference, taking place this Easter long weekend from April the 18th to the 21st in Melbourne. Marxism 2019 features international and local guest speakers, including award-winning author and activist Baruz Buchani. Join over 1,000 activists for crucial discussions on how to resist the rise of the right and rebuild the left. With more than 100 sessions, tickets start at just $35 and are available at marxismconference.org. A 3CR supporter. You're on 3CR Thursday breakfast, 8.55am. Just before, we were chatting with Alara Briggs-Patterson about her upcoming documentary, um, Beautiful Sunshine. And now we're going to be talking about um, The Big Exhale, written by Farhad Bandesh and Janelle Quincy. Farhad Bandesh is a Kurdish artist and a refugee, cruelly and unjustly imprisoned on Manus Island by the Australian government for nearly six years. Janelle Quincy is from Melbourne um, and co-writer, collaborator and producer. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much both for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for you. Um, To begin, Farhad, would you be able to describe the big exhale for us? Yes. It is a song Janelle and I wrote it about asylum seeker in present by... Australian cruel policy. It is about the need to be free, free of fences, free of cages, free from such cruelty. And Farhad is so the big exhale. It's a video, a song, and a video clip. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And your. I mean, you're an incredible multidisciplinary artist. You make not only music, but also painting, drawing, poetry, instruments, so many things. Why did you choose um, a music video as the best way to tell this story? Uh, The music video will complete this. It needed to be a music video to show what we are going through to feel our imprisonment. Mm. And, Farhad, why, in general, is making art or being creative generally so important for you? I love uh, creating. It is something just comes to me. I always want to create life without creative creative work has no meaning for me. And Janelle, how did you and Farhad both meet and start working together? Uh, Farhad and I met through a group called uh, Writing Through Fences uh, that was founded by a friend here, Janet J. 
Janet Galbraith here in Melbourne uh, many years ago. And can you tell us a bit more, Janelle, about this group, Riding Through Fences? Yeah, um, yeah. so my dear friend Janet founded it, and it's a group of people who kind of create and write or make art, and it was people who have mostly uh, been or are still currently incarcerated within Australia's immigration detention regime, uh, both onshore and offshore, and uh, alongside that, a small group of non-refugee artists and writers get involved in a real collaborative and kind of amplification and supportive roles. And it often publishes works and hosts events presenting works from, from asylum seekers. And as listeners know, in Australia we have a federal election coming up and we all know that politicians love to use the offshore and onshore immigration prisons um, to score political points. Farhad, is there anything that, um, in particular that you want listeners to think about and remember about the role and responsibility of the Australian government on Manus and Nauru as we get closer to the election? Yeah, I want to tell the Australian people they need to think about which party really cares about humanity. This government really did crimes against humanity. And Farhad, what what changes do you want to see or what, what, what changes do we need to see? I want to... I want the whole policy to change. They need a new policy. This is uh, so cruel to human beings who really have committed no crimes. Yes, absolutely. And why for us, you know, sitting here in Australia, why is it so important to be listening, supporting and amplifying you know, the voices of activists, refugees and artists like yourself who were imprisoned on Manus and Nauru. It is so important to to amplify our voices. We do not need people to be our voices because we have voices. We need people to provide the resource to amplify our voices provide the necessary things like equipment and promotion and share networks. Mm. And Farhad, how can we find out more and support your work and everything, that you, the many, many things that you get up to? I have a Farhad Bandish art page. Sometimes it is difficult to update it and keep it active due to the that internet on this island. Mm. And Janelle, how can listeners find out more about the the launch, the premiere of um, the Big Exhale next Friday? Sure. Look, it's all over Facebook, so definitely on uh, Farhad Bandesh art page. Also through uh, One Talk Music, um, who's collaborated on uh, this music video, another music with Farhad. Um, also through uh, Black Dot Gallery in Brunswick, who have generously donated the gallery for, for the event. So, yeah, heaps of ways. SBS have also done um, some coverage about it. Yeah, so it's out there, which is great. And so just remind me, so the details of the event are, it's at Black Dot Gallery on... Yes, 
So it's on uh, next Friday, the 26th of April. It opens at 6 p.m. Um, there's there's going to be an exhibition of about 50 uh, to 60 of Farhad's artworks, along with some poetry, and um, there's a couple of other music videos that we're uh, going to present as well that we've done in the past. Um, yeah, so it's reading at 6.30, and, yeah, we can't wait. So we're really excited and looking forward to it. And it's a one-off event, isn't it? So It is a one-off event, yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. So come. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, thank you both so much for joining us this morning. Farhad, is there anything that you'd like to say or share with us before we wrap up, before we finish? Thank you so much. I really appreciate 3, uh, 3C or Community Radio. Thank you very much. And we appreciate so much you joining us um, from Manus. Thank you both. Thank you, Farhad. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. We've been speaking with uh, Farhad Bandesh and Janelle Quincy about the music video that Farhad has made, The Big Exhale, which is premiering at Black Dot Gallery in a one-off event next Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. Um, jump online on Facebook to find out more, and please do come along. The federal election is on Saturday, the 18th of May. If you are serving a full-time sentence of less than three years, you are eligible to vote. You can enrol or update your details on the Australian Electoral Commission's website at www.aec.gov.au. You will also need to apply for a postal vote. You can do this online or by contacting the Australian Electoral Commission via telephone on 132326. Hard copy forms will also be available in most prisons. Please ask staff for assistance. The Australian Electoral Commission is a 3CR supporter. We sail for human rights, indigenous sovereignty and climate justice. Our destination is Manus Island. Join us for the Freedom Flotilla. Sailforjustice.org. Get on board. A 3CR supporter. Marxism 2019 is Australia's biggest socialist conference, taking place this Easter long weekend from April the 18th to the 21st in Melbourne. Marxism 2019 features international and local guest speakers, including award-winning author and activist Baruz Buchani. Join over 1,000 activists for crucial discussions on how to resist the rise of the right and rebuild the left. With more than 100 sessions, tickets start at just $35 and are available at marxismconference.org. A 3CR supporter. Why does a wealthy country like Australia allow its unemployed workers to struggle in poverty without trying to create jobs? You may well ask. Unemployed Workers Fight Back is the Australian Unemployed Workers Union program, part of the sewer program, on every second Friday of the month, 5.30pm on 3CR Community Radio. 
Our social security system is being defunded, privatized and dismantled. And the poor and vulnerable are being criminalized and trampled upon. The Australian Unemployed Workers Union is focused on helping unemployed and underemployed workers deal effectively with the job agencies, empowering them to fight back for their rights. Remember, unemployed workers fight back every second Friday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR Community Radio. Hello, I am Gabriel Gatte. 3CR is like a souffle, a challenge to make, but it can just go higher and higher and higher. Support 3CR. People out there in the radio world, show some love to 3CR. You know, and if you're listening and enjoying the programs here, yeah, man, great radio station. It is how how it was built by community and the community ownership, and that's a powerful thing to have within community. So show some love, show some support, and please subscribe. From the north to the south to the east to the west, let the baller take you home. Island style represent, your soul to the flow. Love your set represent, raise your pride to the sky. Love it like it's the best. My power bring it back home. You're on 3CR Thursday Breakfast, 8.55am. It's 25 past 8. Just before, we were chatting with Farhad Bandesh, um, who was imprisoned on Manus Island, as well as Janelle Quincy, about um, Farhad's music video, The Big Exhale, launching at Black Dot next Friday. So right now, we're going to listen to one of Farhad's songs, Flee From War, Our Rights.
So that was Flee from War, Our Rights by Farhad Bandesh. And just before we wrap up the end of the show, I wanted to let listeners know um, that Monday was the 28th anniversary of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. And that evening, a vigil was held at the Athton Gardens um, in Melbourne's Inner North to remember the 411 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who have died in custody since that report was handed down. And so for folks who weren't at the vigil, maybe you've seen um, photos on social media, it was an incredibly powerful event and a candle was lit for every one of those individuals and their families, many of whom are still fighting for justice. And we know that many of the recommendations from that Royal Commission continue to be ignored by successive governments. Um, And one of those recommendations um, was to abolish the offence of public drunkenness. So the the vigil itself was called by the family of Tanya Day, Yoda Yoda woman who died in custody um, of Victoria Police in 2017. And for listeners who haven't signed the petition um, that was started by Aunty Tanya Day's family, please do jump online. Um, you can find it at actionnetwork.org slash petitions end dash Aboriginal dash deaths dash in custody. And so this petition is calling on Premier Daniel Andrews to um, abolish the crime of public public drunkenness. It's got 7,000 signatures so far, um, but we need as many as we can get. Um, And also this week, to mark the anniversary of the Royal Commission, more than 80 organisations also signed an open letter calling on the Premier um, to abolish this discretionary, discriminatory and dangerous law which disproportionately targets Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And it's it's essential to abolish this in order to prevent more avoidable deaths in custody. But also it's essential to remember that law reform isn't enough in and of itself. Um, Just last week we saw um, there's Shadina Wynn in WA, 26-year-old Aboriginal woman, mother of three, um, died after falling unconscious um, in police presence. Her family claim it was a case of racial profiling, mistaken identity and police brutality. Um, However, police are saying it's not going to be investigated as a death in custody, despite the fact that she, the police were present and she was in handcuffs when she lost consciousness. And just before I wrap up, yeah, I guess that reminds me of a quote that was shared by, in a statement by the sister of Mark Mason Senior at the vigil on Monday night, that there will never be justice for any of us while police investigate police. The police, the prison system, the carceral state continue to target, imprison and murder Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people with no accountability. And on Monday night at the vigil, the incredibly powerful memorial and action, you know, so many people gathered to say enough is enough. So please do um, show your support by at least, you know, adding your voice to the petition. And that's all we have time for on breakfast this morning. Thank you for joining us. And um, we'll be back um, next Thursday. Stay tuned for Lost in Science. 3CR relies on the support of ethical organisations to keep our vital community of voices on air. And we'd like to thank our breakfast supporters, the new international bookshop, Nibs, at Trades Hall, and eco-friendly paper and printing outfit, Earth Greetings. You can check them out at nibs.org.au and earthgreetings.com.au. 
And if you'd like more information on how your organisation can become a 3CR supporter, contact the station on 03 9419 8377.